Now we get to the point in the seerah of Al-Habib when things become even more difficult. So last night we mentioned that there was relief in the acceptance of Islam by Umar and by Hamza even then there were still uh, there were still difficulties and this is the point in the story when the boycott happens this is when Quraysh they uh, they decided not necessarily all of them but a good number of those who they had pull they had clout you could say they had influence and they used that influence in the wrong ways in this case and they basically put their heads together they decided to boycott not only the Prophet, the Prophet and the Muslims and the entire clan of Banu Hashim. Quraysh is the larger tribe and then within Quraysh you have different subgroups, you have different clans and one of them, the specific clan that the Prophet himself was from والسلام, was Banu Hashim. So even though not all of them were Muslim, a good number of them were still not Muslim, they were also included in the boycott. And there's something very important for us to notice, to take note of and to really think about and to to really digest and to, to, to think very deeply regarding this point. What was the one condition in order for all of them to get out of that boycott? Now the boycott was not just economic, which is of course a major issue. It was also social. There was no socializing with them. There was no marrying them. There was no marrying from them. It, it was, they really, really, uh, you know, put them in this extremely difficult situation. They, they put them on lockdown essentially. And what was the one condition for all of them to get out of this multi-year struggle? This boycott lasted for a couple years. What was the one condition in order for them to get out of that? And we need to keep in mind, things were so difficult to the point every night when they would go to sleep, they would hear babies crying because they didn't have food. They were extremely, extremely hungry. They were really, really struggling. What was the condition for all of them to get out of this situation? All they had to do was give up the Prophet wasallam. Just hand him over to Quraysh, they'll execute him, just do that, and you'll get out of this situation just fine. You can go home and sleep comfortably in your nice cushy bed, you can go back to the comforts of your life, but all of them refuse to do so. And this shows us something, and this tells us something very, very, very telling about how beloved the Prophet was to these people, that you can't fake that. You can't fake that. You're not going to be willing to really go through that type of difficulty, that level of struggle, unless you truly and genuinely love that person and you're not willing to give them up for anything, So for us, it should make us reflect how much does the Prophet mean to us? The Prophet meant a whole lot to them. If they were not Muslim, they meant a lot to him because of his character and because of, the, because of the blood ties. And if they were Muslim, it was because of his character and because of the deen ties. He meant so much to them, to each and every one of them, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So we have to ask ourselves, how much does the Prophet truly mean to us? We all claim the Prophet means everything to me. The Prophet means a lot to me. But do we, do we treat each other how the Prophet taught us to treat each other? Sometimes yes and sometimes no. Do we treat people with the love and kindness and respect the Prophet taught us to treat people? And then there's supposed to be a cherry on top regarding fellow Muslims, but sometimes we do the exact opposite. We're good to everyone else, but then when it comes to our fellow Muslim, right, then the treatment can be worse than usual. So it's not just about the claim. The claim is there. That's fine. We love the Prophet ﷺ. That claim is there. It should be there. 
But we need to look within ourselves and to ask ourselves, what is our true reality internally? How much do we truly love the Prophet and how much do we, do we reflect as best we can? None of us are going to get to the top of, of Mount Everest, but we can, tr- we can try our best. And are we trying our best to reflect what he taught us? Because there are conditions to this love of the Prophet. It's not just, okay, I say I love the Prophet and that's it. There were munafiqun in Medina, hypocrites in Medina. They made a big show about claiming how much they believed in the Prophet. Not even attacker. And Allah says, They claimed one thing, but their reality was something totally different. They claimed they believed in the Prophet, but Allah says, actually, you don't really believe in him. There are conditions in place. There are things that we have to do to back up that claim. The words have their time and their place, but the reality and the actions, a lot of the time, are far more important. So we have to ask ourselves, how much do we truly love the Prophet ﷺ? This boycott lasts for a couple years, and you can argue because of this boycott, Abu Talib ends up losing his life, and Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha, she ends up losing her life as well, and both of them within a matter of, of basically weeks of each other. So when the Prophet lost Abu Talib, he lost his main support system for external support, for the, for the, the political support, because Abu Talib had his back through and through the entire time, and he was a major political figure within Quraysh. So, so long as he was there, you couldn't mess with the Prophet ﷺ. He passes away, so the Prophet loses this major, this major figure for external support. And then on top of that, within a very short period of time, he also loses Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha, who was his main support system for internal support, for support within the home, support and comfort for him emotionally, psychologically, mentally. He doesn't just lose one, he loses both. And on top of that, within a very short period of time of each other. Now, when Quraysh noticed that, they actually, the haters from among them, they actually, they saw the Prophet was now vulnerable, that he was going through this really difficult time. They decided to increase the pain that they would try to inflict on him, to make things even more difficult for him. So from a, from a standpoint of reflection, we need to ask ourselves, if we know that there are other people around us, within the community, going through difficult times, during those windows of time, how do we treat them? Do we treat them better? Do we make things easier for them? Or do we treat them worse? And you notice something, the reality is really what we, what we need to focus on. And we may not even know that people are going through these major challenges and difficulties, and then we go and nitpick at tiny things and give them a hard time over this and give them a hard time over that because we think we're entitled to do so. And we have no idea they could have lost a loved one. They could have people in the hospital. They could have lost their job. They could be struggling financially. They, could be, they may about to be evicted within a matter of weeks. And then someone comes to them and they pick at them over this tiny issue, not knowing and not caring whatever else it is there, there is going on in their lives. There's something very important we need to take away from this. What is our reality in terms of our love for the Prophet ﷺ? And then how are we living that reality within our own lives? It's not just a story that we learn. It's a story that we want to take fruit from it, that we can taste and that we can live to live generously like the Prophet, to live compassionately like the Prophet, to live a wholesome lifestyle like the Prophet taught us. That's the hard part. The easy part is nitpicking at tiny mistakes that everyone else does while ignoring major flaws internally. That's easy. That's easy as pie. The hard thing, 
give people benefit of the doubt, be kind for crying out loud to people, and then to really polish that rust that oftentimes builds up within. Especially if someone considers themselves to be religious, that rust can become extra heavy on one side as opposed to the other. Because they start to think to themselves, they're self-entitled, they're so good, they're so amazing, they're so awesome, not realizing that rust is caking up and building up. But then as soon as the soul leaves the body, it's not so smooth. Why? Because things are prickly inside. We ask Allah to grant us clean hearts. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us and to help us to live prophetically as best we can as the Prophet taught us, والسلام, And what's the main fruit from that tree of the Prophet? Rahmah. May Allah make us people of mercy. May Allah guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah to protect us and to gather us in Firdaus Amir Rabbil Alameen. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.